Hi, everybody. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. I think we wanted to open the show by saying thank you so much to one of our listeners who is actually a friend as well. He goes by a nickname Snake uh, on our Discord, but he was so awesome and had the authors of The Science of Women in Horror, Meg Hafdal and Kelly Florence, send us uh, signed books, one for each of us. So thank you so much, Snake, for thinking of us. And I'm actually enjoying this so far. I am too. I'm really enjoying it. And so much of what I'm reading are sentiments that I've commented on in the past. So I'm like, yeah, I said that before. I've noticed that too. I feel like, you. It's, it's cute too, because the way that the author signed it, it said, uh, ghouls rule. Yeah. And then they signed their names. Um, this is this book is awesome. I mean, it, it, so many of the things that we've talked about on this show or I've just had in conversation with other people about just women's roles in horror before, and they actually get, you know, directors and creators of, um, you know, all females, of course, who've focused on female characters in this genre. Um, they talk about so many different components of women in horror. And, and even though I'm only a few chapters in, I'm loving it. Yeah. And it's fun how it's laid out as well. It's in sections. And so the sections are kind of archetypes in some ways and also totally. tropes. So like section one is the mother and then the final girl is number two. And then number three is sex. And then it goes on with revenge, the innocent, the Gorgon, the healer, hysteria, which we talk about quite a bit here, mm -hmm. uh, women in a man's world and the kick-ass woman. So the sections have themes. And then within those sections, there's three movies that they kind of talk about. And it's just really wonderfully laid out too. It's like, um, fun to read, you know, um, graphics and stuff. I, the reason why I knew about this was because snake, um, uh, turned me on to the fact that they were doing a seminar. And so a free seminar about women in horror, uh, that was sort of question and answer with a, with, um, two people from an, a, an academic institution that I'm not remembering the name of, we're putting on this Q and a with these two authors and uh, snake and I both attended that together mm -hmm. virtually. And so I got to hear them talk and a couple other people were there on the panel and they were fun and funny and smart and interesting. And it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't dim. It was fun and horror yeah. and also smart and provocative. Like all the things that, I mean, I hope we aspire to be <laughs> is that it's fun and it's amazing, but it's also psychological and it's yeah. also important. It, it falls in line with the She Kills podcast too yeah. that I've recommended. Sure. Just a lot of the same um, types of discussions, which are yeah becoming more popular as women become, you know, mm -hmm bigger in this in this genre well and i think these authors and i know she kills and i certainly know for us it's like we're just trying to contribute to the discussion mm -hmm. around this and so thank you so much for the books what an awesome surprise they just sort of arrived in the mail <laughs> mm -hmm. that's amazing and so thank you guys to the authors and also to snake for doing that for us that's amazing and uh yeah so I think that what's next is a little segment we like Horror to call. Horror Facts with Carol. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, 
you can play the backup now? <laughs> no. Number one. This show was originally called Northwest Passage. Mm, okay. Number two. The season one finale had three different versions. Mm, wow. Number three. Mikhail Gorbachev was a big fan of the show. <laughs> I used to love him. <laughs> and his birthmark. I know. So great. Number four. One of the set pieces was a replication of the theater in the movie Eraserhead. Mm. Number five. This is where I'll probably be giving it away. I can guess before you do it, if you want. <laughs> Go ahead. Twin Peaks? Yep. Okay. I have two more facts, though. Awesome. The character of Audrey was supposed to get her own spinoff. That would have definitely given it away if I didn't know it. Yep. <laughs> and number six, this show was not only controversial, but criticized due to the focus being on the murder of a 17-year-old girl. Additionally, the audience finds out she was molested by a demonic force embodied by her father. Yeah, very, it was very For 1990? I know, man. That's yeah. why we loved it so I much. Because we were like, ooh, darkness. But I mean, if you had seen Blue Velvet or anything, yeah. like, please. Yeah. I mean. But there there were no children in that, though. I no, think no, this I was, understand. Yeah, just... but, for this time, yeah, and and I think films were still getting away with that, but this was like on Tuesday night at eight o'clock. I know, I hear you, man, and it was uh, hard to take for a lot of people, but that's why it's such a cult. I was classic. glued to that TV. That's why it was such a cult classic, it was because there was nothing else like it. There was nothing else like there it. There were so many other great facts for this, like the theme song, which I loved, yes. was written in like twenty minutes or something, <laughs> like something really crazy. I'm like, really? Yeah, it was such a great theme song. Inspiration hits. Yeah. That's so kind of like the theme cool. song to Halloween was written really quickly too. That's awesome. Yeah. I um I've been I kind of stopped for a while because we got pretty hot and heavy with the things we needed to watch for the podcast, but I did start a rewatch because it's streaming very widely available. Because I started a rewatch because it's one of my favorite shows ever oh, so and good. because I wanted to watch the new the new one. Yep. So Yep. I believe you have an announcement. Yeah, I have just a quick little little piece because I know we've talked about this movie on the show before. Um, however, mm. David Howard Thornton talks more sadistic Art the Clown and Terrifier 2 plus trilogy plans. Mm. So this franchise is going to build... This, this um, movie is whatever, but this villain is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he makes the whole thing. So if you go on to Dread Central, they'll if, if you're a fan of this villain... Um, they're resurrecting Art the Clown. Mm. He returns to Miles County where he must hunt down and destroy a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween night. Terrifier 2 is written by, directed Damien. So anyway, they are going to continue um, to make more. And it says Art is a bit more confident in himself after being brought back from the dead and has an agenda. <laughs> and that always happens. He's to a me. lot more ruthless and sadistic in this one, too. We have not pulled back with him at all. The last third of the movie is especially relentless and nuts. So I will watch it just because he scares me. He terrifies me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good addition to the slasher genre. Yeah. He's terrifying. <laughs> Terrified. Yep. 
The other thing I was going to mention as far as newsy news was that George Romero's roller coaster horror film, The Amusement Park, is finally getting a release date. So mm. Shudder uh, has acquired the rights for the 1973 film, which was considered lost until a print surfaced in 2018. It's going to be made available to watch this summer. In the UK, Ireland, North America, Australia, and New Zealand, uh, the amusement park was commissioned by, I'm reading this off of, um, what am I reading this off of? NME, it's a news source. Uh, the It was commissioned by the Lutheran Society, which wanted Romero to make a movie about the poor treatment of the elderly in contemporary society. However, the 52-minute production was never released as the nonprofit group decided it was too gruesome for mainstream audiences. Uh, the film stars Lincoln Maisel as an elderly man who finds himself increasingly disoriented and isolated during a visit to the theme park. Uh, of course, what he initially thinks will be an ordinary day quickly turns into a hellish nightmare filled with roller coasters and chaotic crowds. Mm. But anyway, the long lost film, yeah. George, George A. Romero. So that's important news. Mm. Whether the film is any good or not, we don't know. Yeah, but. It looks, wow. I mean, even just like the. Yeah, it's kind of a dark premise, but I don't yeah. know if it's, uh, I met, you know, Romero always has a cultural mes mm -hmm. message so uh should be interesting we did a buddy watch we did that buddy watch is called shook and it's a 2021 movie actually 90 minute horror movie released on february 18th when mia a social media star becomes the target of an online terror campaign she has to solve a series of games to prevent people she cares about from getting murdered but is it real or is it just a game at her expense? This is directed by Jennifer Harrington. The story is by Alicia Glildwell and, um, and Jennifer Harrington. So cool. We watched this on the discord with some peeps. One of the things that I did was um, pick out movies that were premiering on shutter. And there was a bunch of them in like two or three months and so every thursday we get together and watch one yeah what'd you think um it's another movie of this time you know it, it's mm -hmm. i think we're going to at some point get exhausted by the social media movies and the zoom movies and all of this like what's happening on live camera and um it's just you know, I'm reading um, a review right here and somebody saying I'm interested in how this movie will age because I think it's just it's not it that we not it won't. That, yeah, I mean, not that <laughs> my we'll, opinion. it won't. I mean, that's ba essentially what they're saying. But I guess my point is like I'm just getting tired of the social media horror films where like someone's at another house and they're watching someone through a screen or they're on like a DM or something. And like, that's how the horror is happening. It's like. Yeah, like eh. unfollowed and, yeah. you know, there's a few that are, like Host was good. Host was good because it was quick and dirty. Like Host was hour, really, boom. but it was, it was like, it hits you. This was like, just, I really hope this is not where our horror is going. 
And it's found footage. You know, it's got a found footage vibe. So if you, I think, appear in the next few months, we'll probably do a found footage episode and just do that genre because there's a lot of it. And I really feel like the cream rises to the top in found footage. And I am not a found footage fan. And so I actually, like, on purpose leaned in hard to it to find some gems. And I did. And I have. And I hope to continue to do that. This would not be one of them Mm -hmm. in my opinion i think i think you're right um a couple of people have done it very well Mm -hmm. and i'm like those are going to be my like shining moments for this time yep and i'm gonna move on Yep. (laughs) like okay i like this movie and i like that movie and we're moving on well and it, it was another one of those where like i just really didn't care about any character except the dog yeah, we're sort of having that trouble a lot of times when we do get together for our buddy watches and especially in Discord when you hear all the kind of like noise of others, like everybody else's opinions and stuff like that. And you really do start to see a consensus when you do watch alongs of like, wow, I don't really care about any of these people. And that has been a theme lately. And I don't appreciate that in horror films. Yeah. I want... That's why the good ones, you care about somebody and you care about what happens to them. And that's what actually incites the fear that you feel that the bad thing will happen. It's why the Halloween franchise has done so well, because it's not just about Michael. Nope. Nope. And so if you don't like this woman who is the target of these puzzles in this movie in particular, then you got a problem. I mean, the movie has a problem. And unfortunately, in this movie, what ended up happening was, this is my opinion, is that for the first half of the movie, let's say, you think she's sort of a twat, Mm -hmm. and then they introduce why she's not. As far as story is concerned, they try to, then then they try to convince you that she's actually a good person or a good guy, and it didn't work, because I can't go half the movie thinking that someone is one way character logically and then switch on a dime to serve your story to right. like, Oh no, no, let's reveal that she's actually a good person and then expect you to follow along. And that just didn't work for me. Nope. And so story-wise uh, that was my problem. Um, so, you know, watch it at your own. If you like found footage, it's just, you're going to watch it because that's what it is. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So what movie did you watch? Did you, you're going to laugh at me. Okay, cool. Because I dug back into Dario Argento. You're laughing at yourself. You can't even say it straight face. I watched a movie called Tenebrae. Mm -hmm. Um, so I liked it to a certain extent, as much as you can like Giallo. Giallo, I have this love hate relationship with this genre. I know you do. You know, it's cool and, though that you're going farther in. Well, I, with his stuff. Yeah. No, I don't like saying. all of it. Most of it. I well, can't Most stand. of what he does isn't. Well, so this is what I, one of the reasons I watched this is because it, it actually was a reaction film that he, he made based on some of the hate he received. So it's a 1982, um, Italian giallo written and directed by him. So it stars, um, Anthony Franciosa and Peter Neal. 
uh, and I think Anthony Franciosa, I think that's the same actor that was in uh, The Girl Who Knew Too Much okay. or The Woman Who Knew Too Much. So he uses some of the same. So while in Rome promoting his latest murder mystery novel, becomes embroiled in the search for a serial killer who may have been inspired to kill by his novel. Um, so John Saxon and Dario Nicolodi, which have been in his films before, co-stars Neil's agent and assistant. Oh, it's John Saxon, I think, is the one that was in. Um, yeah, the, the one who was in The Woman Who Knew Too Much. And so you know, a couple different actors appear as detectives investigating the murders. So the film has been described as exploring themes of dualism and sexual aberration and has strong uh, metafictional elements. Some commentators consider Tenebrae to be a direct reaction by Argento to criticism of his previous work, most especially his depictions of murders of women. One of the things I liked about this film is it, so it comes post Suspiria and, and Inferno and it's all... Um, it's actually all directed in Los Angeles during a time where um, there were just people killing for no reason at all. It was like this is like the, you know, um, random serial killers that now we know are like the, the, the dating game killer mm -hmm. and, you know, Richard Ramirez and all that. So it has that really eerie feel of the 1980s rotary phones, you know, random person walking down the street. The next thing you know, they're up in somebody's apartment. So like the atmosphere of it's really cool. I think the characters were well-developed. So it was one of those that I think if you, you're not a huge fan of Giallo, I think it's sort of like an F you to a lot of the people that have criticized him in the past, but I thought it was actually really entertaining. Yeah. I mean, we've been finding some gems in our, you know, in the last several months. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of Giallo dropped on Shudder, and we did an episode on Giallo, so you could check that out. But, like, I think I found one <laughs> for that episode that I really liked. And so this sounds like, like, I'll I'll watch it if you say it's pretty good, because I think we're pretty critical of the yeah of the genre i mean i don't know i can be critical of most genres and then i just it's kind of like i was just talking about found footage like i don't really like found footage yeah. but i have found some good ones you kind of dig through and if it this tells you anything i mean the reason he he made this movie as a li reaction literally after receiving death threats towards him about how much like stuff what his previous stuff was hated that much that he actually received death threats okay so i mean it's it's people get upset people get upset speaking of critical <laughs> so yeah it says um the director also wanted to explore the senselessness of killings he had seen and heard about while staying in la in 1980 and his feeling at the time that true horror came from those who wanted to kill for nothing yeah, and I think I don't know too much about Argento's story, but I know he didn't do a lot of Giallo, and I think one of the reasons mm -hmm. is because... It he was, got death threats. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and maybe ultimately didn't agree with a lot of the tropes that are portrayed yeah. in there. Yeah. I don't know. Again, don't know, just making that up. It was entertaining. It sounds like it was. It sounds like also you chose to watch it. I so, dug in there. I'm So like, you're like, I'm going to go in here and see what's doing. See what it is. Which you could have just turned it off. <laughs> I have. And I finished it. Yeah, you actually finished it, which is awesome. I mean, we watch a lot of movies, so sometimes we just can't finish them because they're right. bad. <laughs> um, I watched Possessor, hmm. which is making a big stink 
um, meaning it's becoming very talked about. Uh, it's a 2020 British Canadian science fiction psychological horror film written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. And yes, he is the son of David Cronenberg. And this was at the Sundance Festival last year, but I didn't get to see it. But it was it was like one of those hot tickets that you can't get, which is often the case. But the reason why I never worry about that when I'm in Sundance is because that means it's going to get purchased and released and I'll get to see it. <laughs> and I don't have to wait in the snow for three hours to get a ticket because it's going to be there. I like to try to go see the things that might not ever get purchased. And then that's your only time to see it. So... Possessor was definitely a hot ticket, and it's still pretty popular. I am not going to attempt to tell you the plot because <laughs> it's a little, it's too crazy. So, but I, what I will say is that, um, like, here's the critics' consensus about it on, like, Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, which might give you a tiny little bit of an idea. Oh, wait, here's here's the movie. Okay, so Tasia Voss, an elite corporate assassin, takes control of other people's bodies using brain implant technology to execute high-profile targets. So <laughs> that, that helped me, actually, because there's right. no way I was going to be able to explain that. Um, it is science fiction. It is tech science fiction, if you like that kind of thing. And this woman is a corporate assassin in the future that uses these brain implants. And what ends up happening is she embodies someone in that person's life and then executes them. Wow. Right. So you can see why, I mean, that's pretty intriguing. You can see why people are really interested in that. Um, so what I'll say without ruining this movie is two things. One is that I think it's worth a watch. Um, more than two things. Two is that it's intensity. So yeah. it's visceral. It's very Cronenberg in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, even though this is Cronenberg 2.0. Um, it's, it's sort of dark and uh, grips you and you're like watching and you're, you're, um, trying to figure out what's going on. And so there's a point in the movie where you're not really sure what's going on and you do have to allow yourself to feel that way. Mm. So a lot of times, uh, you know, when we watch in the discord or when you watch with other people, there's a lot of like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I yeah. don't get it. And <laughs> why would they do this? And why would they do that? Or whatever. There's a lot of that, but I would encourage you uh, to watch it from just uh, like being in like we'd like you would David Cronenberg stuff like just be there yeah and the other thing I really want to mention is you're going to have to take that to the nth degree because this is one of those movies where you're literally going to get off the movie and you're going to Google ending explained. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those. You're like, what? Well, wait a minute. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones. I mean, I mean, on all the horror blogs and all the movie blogs. I do that made. sometimes like, wait a minute. Did I get that right? Yeah. Did yeah, I? yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. what happened? I don't get it. Is one of the blogs that like most, um, sites will write now is you know such and such movie ending explained like yeah. that's like a total yeah. blog thing yeah. that's like a thing it's a it's a trope in blog writing because some of these movies are just like what i don't especially science fiction right mm -hmm. so it's one of those but i do think it's worth it and 
Um, Jennifer Jason Lee is also in it. She's really, we've been talking about her a lot lately. Yeah. She plays, um, you know, an adjunct part in it. And, um, I'm trying to find the woman's name. Andrea Riseborough, I believe is the woman who plays the main role and she's pretty great in it, but yeah, you're gonna, (laughs) you're gonna Google what? What happened? <laughs> um, and then you'll find these articles because I just did it just now as we were talking and it explains it. So you'll be all right. Just, you know, okay, <laughs> you'll be all right. You'll be in the moment. But that's um, not to say that you like it or not, but it is intense. So I do think um, as far as like, we're not getting a lot of choices in horror this year and last year, obviously, like it's yeah. pretty good. And because it came out in Sundance, um, last Sundance, meaning 2020, meaning January 2020, it was obviously made in 2019. So it didn't have any of the COVID restrictions. It's just taken this long to wow. to get purchased and make it to streaming. But, you know, it's... um female stars and all that so the possessor uh there's no the it's just Just called possessor Possessor, yeah and what i found out by watching the movie was that she's a she possesses the bodies and so that's why that title like i'm like possessor is it a ghost story what is it you know yeah but it's because she's a possessor in order she she um in a science fiction way embodies someone else in gotcha. order to get close to um, the target, so to speak. So, yeah, it was really good. I mean, tense, if you like that sort of thing. I like tense. I was tired. <laughs> Sometimes you do feel exhausted from some of these. When I watched yeah. um, Frozen, uh-huh. when yes. they were up in the... Because yes. you're just like in it with yes. them. I was exhausted when that was over. Yes, exactly. And this was kind of like that for me, partly um, not for the same reason like frozen was just like i just didn't want it to happen <laughs> i was so scared like i don't like it i don't want it to happen yeah. was more the feeling with frozen yeah yeah yeah. even though it was so good and i really was, wanted her to get back to her dog i know <laughs> and it was a really well constructed movie so it was just like you were just waiting for the inevitable horror which is so hard to do this is more like your brain is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on yeah but also the tenseness and the darkness of the of the milieu that's being portrayed also keeps you kind of like yeah in there, um, yeah. Let's see. I wanted to mention another one that I watched, which is <laughs> equally di- equally grim, but I had never seen it. So it's called The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh, I almost watched this. Okay. And the reason why I want to mention it too is because it's not a movie that I hear talked about in a lot of circles. Okay. So I was not really aware of it as well as I could have been. In other words, like, yeah, the girl with all the gifts, it's from 2016. It's a couple hours long. It's considered a mystery and a thriller horror. It's dystopian. It's the future. Um, so let me get to this little, it's also a female protagonist Yeah, with the, that's right. With the almost Hannibal mask on. Yeah. (laughs) It's a female protagonist. Uh, it's a, female black protagonist so it is um it's also colm mccarthy and i like this particular director but let me just go back to okay so this movie is in the future a strange fungus has changed nearly everyone into a thoughtless flesh-eating monster 
So it's got a zombie thing. When a scientist and a teacher find a girl who seems to be immune to the fungus, they all begin a journey to save humanity. So Glenn Close is in this. <clears throat> um, Patty Considine, Anna Maria Marinka, Dominique Tipper, Senia Nanua. I don't, I probably pronounced that wrong. Gemma Arterton. And um, I'm trying to find the name of the young lady who plays the star. Oh, is it a, let's see. Oh, maybe that's here. Senia. Senia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the name I, I probably butchered. She was amazing. She was really good. It, um, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but as far as like what we have on offer with female black protagonists, mm-hmm. I would say it's top 10, top 20. Is it uh, worth a watch? Like I'll watch it if it, you think mm-hmm. it's worth it. I almost watched it. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Glenn Close's performance is really good, uh, especially if, you know, you, it, it gives, um, I do like zombie stories. It is not, you don't have to, you don't have to like zombie stories to like this movie. Kind of like Walking Dead. Right. Even, and, and the zombies don't even play, play that much of a part in it. Um, but the performances are good. I think it's an excellent sort of, like I said, um, top 20 offering. If you are wanting more female black protagonists in your movie watching the general sort of consensus that I'm reading here is, you know, that, you know, zombies are pretty well worn Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this has a unique take on it. So I would watch it. Cool. It looks good. I mean, I'm looking through some of the pictures right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, like most movies, there are points in sort of the late second act where it starts to fall apart a little bit and you start yeah. to like, you know, no, it, it's it looks, got flaws, but it, it looks good. It's got flaws, but yeah. it, but, but I would say it's worth a watch and for the reasons I stated. So, yeah. okay, good stuff. So let so this is where we're going to come to the part of the show where we're going to talk about Clarice, which we're doing a watch along for. So those of you who are not caught up on episodes one, two, and three of Clarice, because that is where we're at at the time of this recording, <laughs> um, is what we've watched. So um, there's going to be spoilers, not really too heavily. I mean. I don't know that there's anything to spoil. Here's my here's my take, and Kathy will will chime in with her take as well. My take is is that we're three episodes in to your everyday, pretty average, procedural FBI drama. So it's every week there's a case, and you work the case, and through working the cases. You learn a little bit more each week about the characters that are there, obviously, and Clarice Starling being the main character. You're learning a little bit more about her each week. Um, I'll say that first. I have a couple of thoughts, but what's your... I was really hopeful when I watched the first episode. Um, the second episode, I was a little disappointed. And then the third episode comes back and sort of revisits what they're starting in episode one. I, I understand that episode two was, I guess in their mind needed to sort of resurrect the reason why she needs to stay on this case. And I get all that, 
but I have like a lot of expectations for this character just yeah, because which is bad, which is bad. You know, this is, these are large but shoes to fill fair. <laughs> um, but it's not even so much because I don't, I don't necessarily unlike or dislike yeah. um, the, the actor who plays Clary's right. You know, she's, she's pretty decent, but Rebecca breeds is her name, but I'm, I'm waiting for them to get out of, CSI and and really go somewhere else. This is like CBS or something, it's, right? Yeah. So yeah, I um, I don't think it will. I mean, I, I'm I'm not expecting it to go as dark as like Hannibal, but we I want them see. to. Get, I'm, just, I, I, I'm looking for them to. I don't I don't know what it is yet, but I'm wanting them to get more creative. It doesn't even need to get more sadistic. No, 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 no. I mean, um, so I do think that we're looking at a procedural. And so I do think we're looking at, you know, she's got a case every week or they have a case every week and it gets wrapped up. Um, I'm just hoping for more of an arc, like what you're saying. In I, other words, a more of a season arc of the other story that's going and good shows yeah. will do that. Good and I think they're, they're trying to do that right now. Let's but see. like when episode three happened, I thought it would give us a little bit more than episode one. And it, it didn't really give us much no, more than episode, episode one. It was a good episode. But I hear what you're saying. Like, and we I were agree. able to mm-hmm. draw some conclusions that there might be multiple people involved and yeah. things. That, and so I, I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm not giving up on it. I'm no. just, I'm kind of no, like we're doing it for the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I mean, I'm not giving up on, on, on liking it uh, yet, but there's a part of me that's like, really oh. just mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. I need something else. We're, we're, uh, we're supportive and hopeful and we're, We'll keep, we'll watch it for the show either way and kind of talk about it because I don't know, we love this character. And so we do have high hopes, but we're also, I think you and I both, and this is proof of it is we're going to be probably critical of it as well because we do have some expectations. Now, one thing I do like, um, excuse me. One thing I do like is how they are really expanding on Catherine's character, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, they have. They are. Um, you can tell that's going to grow into something. Yeah, the woman who's found with Buffalo Bill and, and her puppy Precious. Like, they're really, yeah, I think they're going to expand on that. And that'll be a clever way, I think, they take the show. And her mother is one of the, you know. I think that's the big story they're going to work on as far as a season arc is concerned. It mm-hmm. looks to me like that's the thing they're going to do. And I imagine that ultimately, like, she'll get napped again or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there'll be some, Clarice and Catherine will have another um, intertwining of their lives. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think what they're playing. Yeah. I think you're absolutely that relationship right. that they're playing on our love or our interest in what happened to Catherine afterwards. Right. right? Because everybody like what happened to Catherine and, um, Catherine, uh, has her, has Buffalo Bill's dog. Right. And that's a part of the story of like, but she's also not taking care of herself. So mental health wise, psychologically speaking, what they've said, what they've, what is obvious about Catherine and those of you who are watching the show, which hopefully all of you by now who are listening are watching the show is like, she's disorganized. She's not, uh, she has, she's not doesn't have a job. Her room is really messy. She's living with her mom. She's decompensating. She's, she's uh, pretty anorexic. She's not eating. Um, she's not taking care of the dog. Her mom tries to keep, you know, keep get her to take care of the dog and she won't take care of the dog. And, and so. just the 
you know, she's made her room essentially that space, right? Yeah, and yeah. she plays the music that, you know, that really hard um, speed metal that Buffalo Bill was playing while she was in the pit. And then she works out really, yeah. and she's starving herself down like he did. And Yeah, she's create. yeah, it's really interesting. That part, I think that can be piece more is more interesting yeah. to me right now. Right, I mean... Listen, it's CBS, so they're doing a procedural so that people will watch. And I totally get that. Like, I get that. But I do, and I like a procedural. I watch a lot of them. I don't mind watching a case to come to its fruition. I thought season, I thought episode three was pretty good because I like cult leader stuff. And it centered around a cult leader that she went and, um, you know, captured or what have you. So I kind of liked that. Uh but yes, that that overarching story that we're talking about, the Catherine story, mm-hmm. needs to start. Yep, needs to get there pretty soon. Now I don't know. I I don't remember, and I'm not going to look it up right now. But I don't remember what their season buy was. Did they buy thirteen? Did they buy twenty two? Like know. how long is this freaking season? Because they st- a lot of these bigger procedural shows on like ABC, CBS, NBC are still doing like twenty two episode buys, but they won't normally buy them all at once. They'll buy like thirteen episodes, and then at thirteen they'll decide whether they're continuing. So if they don't get it together, it could get very easily get canceled. Yep. Because it's not in any way, it's not really unique at this point. Nope, it's not. So there it is. We're going to keep watching. We will. We'll keep keep giving it a shot. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening, and once again, sleep safe.